Talmor, Sheshin Mugachi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to My Vagina. This is Jesse Karen. And I'm Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. <laughs> Just kidding, you fools. It's definitely researched. Hey guys, happy new year. And I guess like belated happy holidays. We hope that your holidays were better than mine. <laughs> yeah, I hope your holidays were better than Jesse's also. <laughs> mine were fine. I, I went to my friend Miriam's house. She's lovely and I pet all of the animals. Yeah. And it was great. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it was great. Um, so I went home and I had a very, for, my, for me, a troubling experience going home this week past holiday. Uh, and I'm actually really curious what all of our listeners think in terms of how to approach family. Um, you know, I, I think especially after the apocalypse election in 2016, everyone's been like chaotic about who and how to be an ally and how do you talk to especially people that you love when you don't agree with them. Right. And like, and what, what role do we have to do the work to kind of um, be a positive imp- influence when, mm-hmm. when like people of color shouldn't be bearing the brunt of our racist family members Absolutely. if we can help. But yeah. like, how do we do that? Yeah, and and also when does it become detrimental to your family? Yeah, um, and your relationships and my relationship with them. Um, so I went home and I. Well, let's just start off with the best part is that my uncle called me a fucking commie bitch and told me that I didn't know anything about American history. <laughs> and my response when she told me that that he called her a commie bitch was like, I honestly didn't know. I thought that that was one of the like basic bullshit comebacks on the Internet. I didn't know people actually said that to somebody else's face. IRL. <sighs> Believe it. IRL. <laughs> the whole room gasped. And we... We mess around in that way where like, you know, you both don't necessarily completely agree, but you want to we still want to be in the same room together and we there's still love there. So like, you know, he calls me a feminazi and a socialist on, a, you know, every other holiday. And right. I, I usually just like laugh and shrug it off unless, uh, you know, unless he talks about something that matters. And so right. a good portion of the time I have been standing up and my family has been talking less to me about stuff. Um, but when they do, I, I bring it up. Um, but this time it happened so much and my head was spinning and I didn't know how to approach it. One of her friends came over and, um, used the word and I apologize cause I, this is a terrible term and I don't want to say it, but gooks, which I didn't know existed. Like after the end of the Vietnam War, like I thought that like it was a horrible word de- used during that time. And then everyone was like, oh, God, what a terrible word. And then it just went away. But it didn't. It apparently, apparently did not. No. And and they were using like every stereotype in the book. She was the story was about people driving. Oh, Jesus. And then 
uh, and then, you know, some, somebody used the word guinea and guinea plank. And I was like, I didn't even know that that was a thing anymore. I didn't either. And then the thing that I didn't tell, I don't think I told you this yet. Oh, I did God. tell you that they said something anti-Semitic. I think it was anti-Semitic. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> or I think it was going that way. Yeah. Um, but, but you put at, the kibosh. Yeah. Actually, my mom did. And oh. I do love her for this. I mean, she did it in a very, okay, let's stop talking about this kind of way. Mm-hmm. But I came into the conversation when her friend was going, you know, Jews. They just don't, they don't act like Jews anymore. What does that mean? And I went, excuse me? I don't know what that means. And she went, you know, they're not, they're not Jewy. They don't act like Jews. And I was like, excuse me, what the fuck does that mean? And my mom went, oh, I'm sure Jesse's friends will be really happy to hear that. <laughs> and kind of t- diverted the conversation and was like, we're done. Oh my God. And I was like, cool, dinner's out. Cause I was like, I think she saw like the fire in my face. Cause yeah. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. What does that mean in her eyes? Is this like an improvement or, or have we like, <laughs> is being less Jewy better or is it worse? Like, I, did she miss the Jews of your, <laughs> I, I want to know. I think there's really no way to make that right. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like so confused. There was no way that was headed in a direction that no, was it positive. it wasn't. But like, where was it what going? What does she mean? Yeah. Like, have we not been bartering enough? Yeah. Perhaps. Have we not been running the financial markets as well as we used to? Yeah. I don't know. Right. Do you eat less children? <laughs> <laughs> but they're so delicious. <laughs> I haven't seen any horns on them Jews in a while. It's a lot harder to figure out who they are. <laughs> I just don't know who's a Jew anymore. <laughs> so hard. Uh, Remember when they used to wear stars? <laughs> that was, that was when we could tell. Maybe that's the thing. Is she doesn't know how to identify yeah. Jews anymore. We just blend so well, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Just in I mean, case people don't know, I'm a Jew. So, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm probably not allowed to make No, it's fine. <laughs> You're with me. Um, and I do. I do think you should be an ally. I do think you should speak up. But like it got to a point where I was like, do I completely sever my ties with my family? Right. Right. And, and, and what does and what comes of that? Do they actually learn anything? Right. I mean, that's I think that's the biggest thing is like one of the things that I don't know that. And I'm sure this conversation happens a lot. I haven't um, been privy to it or read anything about it before. But holiday, when you're like in your situation, you were like an island in a sea. Mm -hmm. And you're not going, you, you would need somebody else to be like, I need to stand up to be with you for that to even start impacting I think it's like yeah that's a good point what are you gonna do at a dinner table when you're like you can't you can't leave you don't have anywhere to go like Mm -hmm. you you know and like I think it's a I I think it's a matter of like almost like picking people off Mm -hmm. and you know finding the people that you can really talk to and change their mind and like eventually as time goes be like in this circumstance like even if even if your mom or somebody else did what she did was like, I don't think we should talk about this right now, you know? And I agree with Jesse, but I don't think we should talk about this. Yeah. Like anything like that, just to like shut some people up because yeah. coming from like, everyone expects you to say something, mm-hmm. but it's a matter of finding someone else who can even be like something of an ally who people are more willing to listen to. Cause clearly yeah. a lot of those people weren't willing to listen to you. But that, yeah. And that's the thing is like, that's also made me have even less power because me bringing stuff up is like, of course she's going to get political right now. Right. And I fucking don't even like getting political. I don't even want to, you know, at one point 
some uh, one of the dudes was like he was making fun of his daughter's boyfriend for crying and i was like what's wrong with that yeah and he was like that's you can't cry and i was like why and he was like because you have to be a man and i was like i think that's a really big problem and he was like no you're allowed to get pissed and i was like and I and I went Ugh. and my mom went, don't get political. And I was like, I'm not getting political. I was like, but this is what I do. This is like what I invest my time in learning, because if you want to look up statistics with me right now, we can talk about that, because what you just basically said is a really big reason why we have such a high domestic violence. Absolutely. Issue. I was like, yeah. I was like, you you basically just said, don't cry, get fucking pissed off. And that's how women get hit. Right. And it's also like and that's to me like that's not political. What you're talking about is 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 a huge percentage of the population basically being kept in in like a cultural jail of their own emotions. Like yeah. they're not able to use their own emotions. And like I know that that like I I get frustrated with myself sometimes when I get really upset and I'll mm -hmm. start crying just because I'm so overwhelmed with emotion. But yeah. at least I have that opportunity that like if I get angry and I get in an argument with somebody I'll cry afterwards and that's an acceptable release for me to have yeah and everyone um, deserves and that everyone deserves it that's not a gendered thing that yeah. is everyone deserves to have that emotional outlet yeah and you shouldn't be made fun of for fucking crying that's no. garbage no you should be you should be celebrated for it like I, I also don't think that people um realize that that like just because it's just because it might be a controversial opinion doesn't make it a political one. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that opinion is controversial in a lot of places. Yeah. And not even necessarily, like, I don't know that people would make the argument, not all people would make the argument that men shouldn't cry. A lot of people would. But the, uh, just the way that society- You have to be a man. Yeah, conditions men to not communicate their emotions in a productive fashion is the reason that we have kids getting shot in schools and yeah. movie theaters and yoga classes yeah. and yeah it's not even about domestic violence it's yeah. about violence in general and violence. like how that what what that turns into yep yep Ugh. yeah happy fucking new year yeah we but you're back now so. <laughs> i'm back now I'm back. oh before we get into talking to the lovely ladies of frau pow frau pow we would really like for people to review us. I know we've said this before, but um, it really, really helps us. And we keep getting all these lovely text messages and emails, but it really helps us get bumped up on the podcast list if you review us. Please. Yeah, like give us stars and leave us leave us a little message. We got a wonderful message this week, a great review. Um, and it really, and it also like, it bumps us up and it warms our hearts. Yeah. So it just like, Let you us know. know what we're doing something right. Yeah, please. <laughs> Please. And sign up for our newsletter. Yeah. Since we're here, go to welcometomyvagina.com and scroll down a little bit. And then a little thing will pop up and it'll say, sign up for the newsletter. Ah. And then you can put your email in and you'll hear from you'll hear from us every week, every other week podcast version and the other weeks in your email inbox. Inbox. In the inbox. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Now we're going to do a quick interview for the ladies of Frau Pow, another podcast on the More Banana Network that you should listen to. Definitely listen. Do it. Rags plays roller derby and she's a strong woman. And she also studied medieval history and philosophy. That's fun. Odd also plays roller derby and has a master's in gender studies. What is this? Roller derby? Ooh. Welcome to skate night at the warehouse. Hi. 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 How are you guys? Good. Good. Girls. Damn it. I know. People. I keep doing that. Humans. I keep doing that. 
Yeah, humans. I've been trying, hey, to, humans. I've been trying humans. to do but friends. Yeah, I, I do friends. friends. I like friends a lot. Hi, gang. Um, cool. We're, we're happy to have you, but who are you? <laughs> uh, well, I'm Rags. Uh, my, my proper name is Ragnarok, but they call me Rags. My name is Odd. Audacity. What is Frau Pow? Frau Pow is a podcast where we talk about all the things that make people uncomfortable, uh, such as our most recent episode came out about depression. So we interviewed our teammate about her living with depression and um, we talk about things as well, such as uh, sexual assault uh, and basically any isms that drive people up the walls. So, you know, sexism, misogyny, racism, everything that just is like, you don't want to talk about it at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about it. Like, nice. bring it. Let's talk. What What's your roller derby team? Just really quick. And then I want to get back to the podcast again. Uh, New Jersey roller derby. There's a bunch of roller derby teams in New Jersey. Oh, there's uh, too many, actually. There's, too there's many. a lot of teams. Think of basically how like every city center in the United States basically has a team based okay. out of it. And like Morristown has two teams based out of it. Really? Actually, technically three because there's also a juniors team. Wow. Based out of it. I mean, they're part of our team, but we do have a juniors team as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's it's basically it makes no sense. It also leaves us without officials to run our games. Yeah, my friend used to skate for Gotham Girls like a long time ago in like mm-hmm. the early 2000s. And the only reason I say this is that her roller derby name was Margaret Thrasher. Oh my God, I that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally so the only thing I know about roller derby. Do you guys talk about that on the podcast? Mm, Do no. You, humans? Oh, not really. <laughs> you don't? No, um... We we bring in people from roller derby, but roller derby is a bit of a microcosm of the like the bigger real world. You know, like my partner and I would never have met if it wasn't for roller derby. She's a graphic designer. She lived in New Jersey. I lived in New York as a logistics specialist. Like there was no way that our lines were ever going to cross. But mm-hmm. because of roller derby, we were able to meet. Um, we have people on our team who are biochemists, um, people who work in like schools and stuff just people who would never normally cross paths because of their career so like we don't we don't really talk about the sport yeah. but we use the, the connections and the community okay, to yeah. bring people in and talk about yeah. it because it's awesome a lot of the people that you meet in roller derby are people who are struggling with something or other because they all intend to be like misfits yeah mm. misfits even like in the psychological terms where like they may have like really bad anxiety and they might be using roller derby to help kind of beat their anxiety or learn better coping methods mm-hmm. um so we kind of use roller derby as that diving board to get into these topics mm-hmm. but we don't really talk about the actual game there's there is a po- there is a podcast that does that from okay. Rochester, so we're not stepping on their toes yeah also it's like not very interesting for people who don't know about roller right. derby to yeah. talk about roller derby Exactly. It would be super niche. But yeah, the other stuff is, you know, things that everyone can relate to. Um, Now that we have more of a among women specifically that I know, it's uh, a lot more acceptable to to acknowledge, you know, anxiety or fears or, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's probably super helpful to be able to find a spot that you can go and listen to other people talk about it and kind of like make your it makes you feel more normal when you know you're not the only one going through something yeah. so yeah. that's really cool exactly and I think that roller derby teams tend to be like very inclusive and like supporting supported places especially for women's teams I think just like you're saying because we're all fairly like-minded um and Justin we're in a safe space that it becomes like very uplifting to be there right so people that 
you wouldn't think would have the guts to play roller derby. Yeah. Because roller derby is a very hard sport. Surprise you. And I'm not saying this like as like to put anybody down. It's just that like you look at somebody and, you know, you make this face value judgment and then you watch them play and you're like, I did not see that coming. And it's actually really amazing to actually get to talk to them because Mm -hmm. we all have something. I firmly believe we all have something, whether, you know, you're struggling or living with depression or anxiety or whatever. And once you get to talk to these skaters, they're like, oh, my God, I thought I did so bad. Mm -hmm. My anxiety was racing the whole game. I thought I was going to have a seizure or whatever. And you get to talk to these players that, like, have epilepsy or non-epileptic seizures or depression or, like, they were so high because they couldn't function normally. And it's like, how did you get through a game like this? And they're like, well, my team needed me. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, a really empowering thing about roller derby is that if you can't do it for yourself, chances are you can do it for your team. Yeah. That's really cool. I just think that, like, being a part of roller derby, I've never felt more, like, empowered by my own body. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, we both have histories of um, disordered eating. And I've all—I mean, and just being a woman in society, you feel really— shamed about your body all the mm-hmm. time all the time and i, I think what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> um but like in roller derby i feel so strong like i can see my body doing things and helping people that i mm-hmm. care about it isn't like it's it is for me but it isn't just for me like it's also right. for my team and um like i'm really proud of like what my body is able to do right i think it's also really important that in, I, we spend so much time talking about roller derby, but like it, it really is like the thing that is most important to us because it led us to, you know, create this brain baby of a podcast and everything. But sounds like more than just roller it, derby. It is, too. it is yeah. more than yeah. just roller derby. You know, when we when we need help, we reach out to our team. We need a move, we reach out to our team. You yeah. need somebody to like come pick you up because you had a rough day. You reach out to your team, and like you have a really good day and you want to go celebrate, you reach out to your team. Um, but the thing in roller derby is that there's no heroes. Like, yes, there's people on the team that score points. So I'm one of the point scorers on our team. But like, I can't do it without everybody else on the team. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm only as good as the people on my team. And you need to have like a trust level, I would imagine, that you can rely Mm -hmm. on someone to be there. And I have to say, I roller derby kind of scares the crap out of me. Um, (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Same. Yeah. Um, But I imagine like if you can't trust your team, there's a safety issue there, right? Yeah. So like, so that's another thing is like you... You know, I think we've talked at least like on friend time about like just like chosen, like chosen family, you know, (laughs) who you, you know, what family you're born into is you you don't have any control over that. But you do get to control to an extent who you surround yourself with as you get older and how how you create your own support system and your own network and how and all that other kind of stuff. And and how you use those people around you and they use you to understand more about yourselves through, you know through interacting with other people, which sounds like something that you guys can, are probably doing on your Basically. podcast. Yeah. Cool. What, uh, I'm sorry. Stop apologizing. To There's people, no sorries in Derby. That's what I was going to ask. No like, sorry in Derby. What happens if you sorry someone by accident in Derby? It, ha- You know what? It happens and it, it largely happens because we really care about our people that we're working with. There's a certain amount of allowance where like it's Derby. If you accidentally trip somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It happens, you know, like I go out of my way to at least say sorry for accidentally grabbing somebody's boob because like it happens when you form walls, you go like this and what should be walls. walls. Wow. Oh, yeah. They're they're defensive. The main defensive. Yeah. It's it's a triangle. So there's 
one, two, and then a person flips around and grabs their shoulder. So it's a human it's triangle. And so what happens is like when you go to go put your hand on the two people's shoulders, sometimes there's a boob in the way because like you're doing it so quickly. Yeah. And it's like at that point, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Or my, I got a black eye from my friend. Oh my God. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> but also Derby has taught me to be more empowering of other people and not just people I really care about because mm-hmm. Derby really encourages people of all shapes, forms, backgrounds to come. And I think anybody is capable of it generally. Um, But it has made me like try to feel genuine, like support for people I don't necessarily care about. And I think that's really changed my like attitude towards others because I am very uh, complainy. Um, about people who bother me. Um, you and, and me have that in common. <laughs> I'm working we, on it. I'm working. Lot. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working it. on it. But I also like those people do still need support. And right. I like to in, in, in encouragement and I have to genuinely mean it. And I think I'm like becoming better at being supportive of other women, which makes me feel horrible because I have a master's in gender studies. Like I should like academically should know that that's yes. how deep it is <laughs> that is how deep our it is podcast, it, up. it actually requires a lot of research so for our depression podcast we actually did a lot of research and we have like what six pages with footnotes and sources and then we give you resources so if you are living with depression we give you resources to go find therapists in your area so tell us how you both how you came up with the idea to do this podcast like what was the you can you can conception stories story. are my favorite <laughs> So back in like February of this year, I got super fed up with the world as we know it. And I just, I, I don't know, know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, right. I hate everybody on a daily basis. And like, I, I take like weeks off of hating people. And then I come back really strong and ve- vehement about it. And I was venting to her on Facebook Messenger. And I was like, we should start a blog. And she's like, <laughs> no. Um, okay, but to explain that is because I have anxiety and every time I write something or my right. therapist tells me to journal, I'm like, what if it's wrong? Right, <laughs> exactly. So then like a few days later, I'm like back to venting to her about some bullshit. Um, and then I was like, what about a podcast? Let's start a podcast. And she's like, actually, that's not a bad idea. Hmm. Um, I love talking about all my opinions and yeah, <laughs> that's, you know, and I just like give me a platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I love talking about my opinions. I love talking uh, in general and I love trolling people as well. And that's kind of like, I think, I think I was trolling somebody that week on Facebook oh, and I think God. that's where that came from. It's um, a bad habit of hers. Trolling. Yeah. yeah I what do troll. you do? Oh, as like, soon as, as like, a some... troll, what do you do? <laughs> like, as soon as as femi- tips. like a f- leftist feminist troll. Yeah, like it. It, it doesn't really matter like where you are on any sort of spectrum. Like if you're being mean to people, I will troll you. Nice. Oh, oh cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if if you're like one of those guys who think that like the me- the hashtag Me Too movement is bullshit, I will troll you. But like, I feel like you're a troll hunter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, probably. Yeah. Like I just have this like zero tolerance policy of like, if you piss me off, I'm just going to burn that bridge. And so like we were kicking around that idea for a little bit. And then like, also um, let's go ahead, say the quote that you want to. And I want to tell oh, them where it's the from. May the bridges you burn light the way. It's from 90210. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, we should wrap Cause I feel like you guys have a game to get to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When, when does your podcast come out? Um, it comes out every other Friday. 
What's your, what are your handles? Sorry. No, it's okay. It's um, just at Frau Pow Podcast on Instagram. And Frau Pow Podcast at gmail.com is our email. And we love email notes because all we get emails from is Twitter. So I'd love some love letters. We we got our first email. I got so excited. I I like freaked out. Made my day. Made my week. Um, yeah, so it's F-R-A-U-P-O-W. Yes. yes. If you all are looking for this awesome new podcast. Yeah. yeah. Find it Thanks on Thanks for having us, yes, ladies. Thank you. Serena Williams makes history. If you were a tennis player, who would you want to be like? Would I like other people to be like me? So because we spoke to two badass roller derby athletes, we wanted to give a little spotlight to some other women in sports. And there are a lot of women who have been fucking incredible on and off the court or competition floor. We're going to highlight them, some of them here today. We're also going to be highlighting them on Instagram. Um, So follow us on Instagram to find out some more. Um, So the first one I'm going to start with is Catherine Switzer. So in 1967, Catherine became the first woman to run the Boston Marathon as a numbered entrant. She decided to train for the race after her coach coach told her that a marathon was too far a distance for a quote unquote fragile woman to run. But she said, fuck that and did it anyway. Fuck that. (laughs) At the time, women weren't allowed to officially run. And so she registered under the gender neutral name K.V. Switzer and snuck in. While she was running the race, an official named Jock Semple tried to stop Switzer and to grab her official bib, but he was stopped by her boyfriend, who like punt, like just pushed him on the floor. We're going to put it. a video of that up in the episode notes. Uh, she finished the race in four hours and 20 minutes. It was another five years before women were officially able to compete in the race. Whoa. Yeah. That's Chrissy. Chrissy. Billie Jean King. What has this pioneering tennis player not done? She has won 39 Grand Slam titles, was inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. She was the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year in 1972 and the Time Person of the Year in 1975. She was also awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Obama. Get it? But that's not all. She also fought tirelessly for tennis to be more fair to women, more racially diverse, and less elitist. When the men's tour refused to address women's concerns over unequal pay, King broke away to set up a women's tour. In 1973, at age 29, she won the Battle of Sexes against 55-year-old Bobby Riggs. There's a movie about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She has spoken openly about her bisexuality over the past two decades and back in the 70s weathered a media storm after an abortion she had was made public. Yo, this girl's awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. She has never shied away from trying to make the world a more just place for everyone. And since we're talking about tennis, we cannot not talk about Serena Williams because, duh, (laughs) Williams is amazing. She holds the most Grand Slam titles in singles, doubles, and mixed doubles combined among all active players. Serena and her sister Venus have revolutionized Serena and her sister Venus have revolutionized the style of play in women's tennis and have done so while being the victims of racism from every fucking direction. The media, tennis officials, general society, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. She was the highest paid female athlete in 2016 and 2017. And Williams gave birth to a daughter in 2017 and in the process suffered a pulmonary embolism that almost killed her. She penned an article that brought much needed attention to maternal mortality in general and the unequal care given white women versus women of color that sparked a mainstream and much needed conversation about gender and racial racial discrimination in the medical field. 
Danica Patrick talk about women dominating sports that have always been considered in the purview of men. Patrick is the most successful woman in history of American open wheel racing, and she is the only woman to have ever won an IndyCar series race. Cool. She has been credited with an increasing attendance at auto racing events and improved television ratings. Yeah, those women are awesome. Mm-hmm. She also inspired a whole generation of young women and girls to participate in motorsports, leading them to race competitively. She has been criticized by so many people for being too pretty. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. For not being a good enough racer, for having an unfair advantage because of her weight, mm-hmm. but she just kept racing. Many people have credited her with preventing the dissolution of the IndyCar series and for strengthening support for NASCAR. <laughs> badass that's amazing i love that that's yeah. kind of like the thing where uh people are gonna fucking hate you no matter what so just yeah. do it anyway <laughs> just fucking do it so now we have oksana chusevitna in a sport dominated by women and girls under the age of 20 this 43 year old athlete is still internationally competitive chuso as she is lovingly called in the gymnastics community has competed in every summer olympics starting in 1992 She's the only female gymnast to compete in seven Olympic Games, and she's one of only two gymnasts to compete at the Olympics under three different national teams. She competed for the unified team in 1992, Uzbekistan in 96, 2000, 2004, and 2016, and Germany in 2008 and 2012. She has competed in 16 World Championships, four Asian Games, and three Goodwill Games, and holds the record for the most individual World Championship medals on a single event, with nine on the vault. She is one of only a few female gymnasts to return to competition after having a child. She's a superhero. Like, it's really crazy. Superhero. Uh, Jackie Mitchell, who died in 1987, was one of the first female pitchers in professional baseball history. While pitching for the Chattanooga Lookouts minor league baseball team in an exhibition game against the New York Yankees, she struck out Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in succession. Which is so... They were the best fucking players at the time. I feel like nobody knows about her. No, I didn't. Nope. I just learned. Uh, she was 17 years old. She struck out. Oh, my God. Who could she have been? <laughs> right. She struck out two of the best baseball players in history because the world is full of sexist assholes. The baseball commissioner, Kennesaw. I think so. Kennesaw Mountain Landis voided Mitchell's contract and said that women are unfit to play baseball because the game is too strenuous or they're too good for you. <laughs> right. It's like it's too strenuous, but she just fucking. Uh, <laughs> you know what we think? was unfit in the scenario, men's frail egos. (laughs) Mitchell continues to play for a couple of years, but retired at the age of 23 after she became enraged that her story was being used as something of a sideshow. (sighs) She was once asked to pitch while riding a donkey. Meanwhile, I bet you that she could still kill it, kill it. She refused to come out of retirement when the all American girls baseball league formed in 1943. Um, MLB officially banned the signing of women to contracts on June 21st, 1952. I'm pretty sure that they opened it back up to women sometimes sometime in the 90s. Yeah. But I don't know if that's actually true. She's one. This she, this is one of my favorite stories. That's incredible. That is amazing. I knew yeah. nothing about her. Doris Burke. Um Doris Burke was a badass basketball player for Providence College. During her time there, she led the Big Eastern Conference in assists, was a second team all Big East player once and made the all-tourney team of the Big East Women's Basketball Tournament. She was great on the court, but has made an even bigger impact in the broadcasting booth. She started off as an analyst for women's games at Providence College, but she quickly moved up. She's been working for ESPN since 1991 and for many years was the primary radio host for the New York Liberty. In 2000, Burke became the first woman to be a commentator for a New York Knicks game on both radio and television. But that's not all. 
She's also the first woman to be a commentator for a big East men's game and the first woman to be the primary commentator on a men's college basketball conference package. As of 2017, she has been a regular NBA game analyst for ESPN and has become the first woman at the national level to be assigned a full regular season role. That was last year, friends. 2017. Fuck yes, Doris Burke. Kicking ass and busting right through that glass ceiling. But can we just say really quickly, she's fucking incredible. One of the things that really irritates me about sports in general is that you haven't like achieved ultimate success unless you've done something on the men's side, Mm -hmm. you know, because like it didn't I mean, it mattered that she was the primary radio host for the New York Liberty. But like it doesn't matter until you go up against men. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you're like the commentator for the Knicks and it's like, fuck. Yeah. And this is nothing. Doris Burke is incredible. It's nothing against her at all. It's just like our gendered system and how fucked up it is. Of course. She's amazing. Um, Misty Copeland, where do we even start? On June 30th, 2015, Copeland became the first African-American woman to be promoted to principal dancer in American Ballet Theater's 75-year history. She didn't start dancing until she was 13. 13! But seriously, let that sink in. In 2015, she was named one of the 100 most influential people in the world by Time magazine and appeared on the cover of the magazine. She's fucking incredible. She has danced some of the most coveted and challenging roles in classical ballet, but she has also made her impact as a pop culture phenomenon through dancing atop a grand piano during Prince's 2010 Welcome to America tour and starring in a Diet Dr. Pepper commercial and an Under Armour ad urging people to will what they want. She brought ballet to a more mainstream audience, but more importantly, she paved the way for young girls to dream about a future where they, too, can be a principal dancer in one of the most prestigious companies in the country, no matter their race, body type, or challenges. Misty made it all possible. She gives me shivers. I just got shivers. I know. Shivers. (laughs) Shivers. Shivers. Thank you for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. (laughs) On your really healthy vaginal discharge. (laughs) Uh, We really want to hear from you. So please email us at welcome to my vagina at gmail.com. Please review us. Please give us stars. Yeah. Yeah, on anywhere you listen to us. iTunes, Stitcher. Check out Jesse's videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Review her there. Subscribe. Yes. Like stuff. Yes, subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. Also, check out our Instagram uh, because we're killing it uh, mm-hmm. at Welcome to My Vagina. And follow us on Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. Don't forget to check out Rebecca's awesome writing at franklyrebecca.com. And now you can even see blogs by a multitude of people at the blog tab on uh, Welcome to My Vagina HQ. Welcome, <laughs> go to welcometomyvagina.com, click on blogs, and we have some really, really, really awesome stuff out now. We do. Really awesome. We're also still looking for more writers. Ask your friends. Yeah, get involved. Yeah. We, we, we really want to hear from you. We want different point of views. Give them to us. Give them to us. Give them and, to us. Uh, our great producer who's creepily appeared over my shoulder. <laughs> um, and ch- so check out. Uh, so we wanted to give a big thanks to our producer, Kate. And uh, check out all the other awesome podcasts that are being produced at More Banana. Yeah, like There Will Be Porn, World Stealers. Frow Pow. Yeah. Um, uh, just Listening. Awkward Sex oh, no. in the City with Natalie Wall. Also listen to I'm Listening with Anita Flores. Anyway. Bye. See you next Tuesday. That's right.
GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more.